0: Hey, everybody. This is Hal Elrod. And before we dive into today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to take just a minute, maybe a minute and a half, to uh, let you know about my latest book and the newest book in the Miracle Morning book series. It's the Miracle Morning for Teachers. Elevate your impact for yourself and your students. And if you are a teacher or an administrator, or you know a teacher or administrator, the Miracle Morning for Teachers is the perfect book to both elevate the life of every teacher while simultaneously elevating the impact that they make for their students. And it really goes back, gosh, seven plus years ago, when I first wrote The Miracle Morning, the original book. I had this vision where, what if it was practiced every day in classrooms around the world? What if students started their day with meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling? And that vision became a reality in February 2019 when my co-author and co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series, Honoré Corder, led a group of dozens of teachers around the world to implement the six daily practices of the Miracle Morning, known as the Savers, into their classrooms for 30 days and beyond. And the results, both for the teachers and the students, were absolutely remarkable. We heard things like, some of my most troubled students are now focused and calm, and they thank me every day that we're doing The Miracle Morning together. And those stories, those results, that feedback helped to shape the book that we are now on a mission to get in the hands of every teacher in the world, right? That's the, the ultimate goal. So you can grab a copy of The Miracle Morning for Teachers on Amazon You know, for yourself or your favorite teacher. You can get the audiobook on Audible. And either way, this book really is the next step in the Miracle Morning mission, which is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning, one teacher, and one student at a time. And I am so grateful for your support. Thank you so much. Hey, Goal Achievers, it's Hal Elrod, and you're about to listen to a conversation that I just finished having with Drew McManus. And Drew is the lead singer and songwriter for the band Satsing, that has become one of, if not my favorite bands of all time. And uh, Drew's also a, a parent, a husband, a painter, a combat sports athlete, entrepreneur and an activist. And his band sat saying his headline shows and festivals all over the world, opening for the likes of Michael Fronti and many more. And they really continue to redefine the boundaries of independent grassroots growth. And you'll hear his story and you're going to hear it's really, this is really a, was really an interesting and, and really enjoyable conversation. We talk about parenting. We talk about the responsibility of feeling like you have to impact the world, but also impact your family and struggling with that balance. And we kind of both shared how we wrestle with that and and how we, uh, we manage that. And uh, when I mentioned that Satsangs, they become one of my favorite bands and Drew one of my favorite artists. Uh, it's not just their sound. In fact, it's more so their lyrics. I would say that Drew and that Sang, their lyrics are arguably the most conscious that I've ever Had the privilege of listening to. They make me a better person. Listening to their music makes me happier, makes me more aware of myself, makes me more grateful, what matters most to me, and really more aware of the world around me. I listen to them in the car with my kids almost every single day. And uh, it is my great pleasure to introduce you to my new friend, Drew McManus, lead singer of Satsang. All right, Drew, what's going on, brother? I'm
1: doing good. Dude, How are
0: I'm, you? I'm excited. I, I've been listening to Sat sing all morning, uh, as I mentioned, uh, just uh, getting ready for our conversation. I've been looking forward to this. I've become, uh, I was introduced to your music yeah, probably three, four, maybe five months ago by uh, my friends uh, Josh Eidenberg and Brianna Greenspan, who, you know, I may be connected with them. And, uh, and then I found out one of my f- other favorite musicians, uh, Brother James, yeah, that you're one of his favorite influences uh, in his career. So yeah, small world. And uh, yeah, I listened to you in the car with my kids on the way to school. Like You become a big part of our, our lives, man. So this is really uh, special uh, for me to have you on.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too. It's funny how, how stuff works out because the two folks that you work with that came up to me at Wanderlust and um, and brought you up, I had heard of Miracle Morning, but I, I wasn't fully aware of you. And there's a guy that I train with that's my boxing coach, and he is in love with your stuff and has read all of your books. So he was, you know, he was like beside himself when I told him that, <laughs> that we were going to link on something. So it's pretty funny. That's, uh, yeah,
0: again, such a small world, man. That's wild. Uh, really cool. So yeah, you, I'm just, I want to just get to know, you know, you and I are getting to know each other for the first time here. I want to kind of understand the evolution because what I love about your music, right, is like most music I listen to, I listen to for the sound. Right, like that's yeah. i I'm, I'm, I'm about to be guilty of not knowing what a song is about. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I love this song. Right? It's like it's yeah, got so. a great beat. It's got a great sound, you know. And then I'm like, I don't even know what they're singing about. Right? I've, I've you know, I know the, I know it by heart, but I don't know what they're singing about. Sure. And uh, and your music, like it's like I'm going to a. I feel like when I listen to your music, I am I'm I'm in a meditation session, or I'm I'm in the midst of a spiritual guru, and it challenges me. It, it inspires me to think deeper to expand my own consciousness to feel more love and more gratitude all of that and the way that i if i were labeling i would say you're i would call you a conscious musician is that is that fair to say or how do you resonate with that
1: yeah for me it's always an honor when anyone says that because i grew up listening to conscious punk rock and conscious hip-hop So, yeah, I know. I really love that term. I love when people call it conscious music because that's, you know, all of the stuff that I have always drawn a lot of inspiration from. That's always what I've called that. So, Yeah. uh, yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. That, uh, it wasn't until much later in life that I started listening to conscious music. So I listened to Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, oh, Easy E. Sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Easy E. Right, not not the most conscious musician, but uh, right. So, so I was all into the beats, and then you know now actually carrying weight. hey, what are the words that are you know that are going into my subconscious as I as I listen
1: to this music? So how did you get started in music in general? I started playing the guitar when I was in middle school, huh? and always kind of knew I wanted to play music, especially as I you know, started picking it up. And then I would say by high school, I knew it was what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I did a real good job of telling everyone that that's what I was going to do. And, you know, telling teachers that that's what I was going to do. So I didn't need what they were, (laughs) what they were trying to share with me. But really, I feel like my, I struggled a lot with addiction. And I think Mm -hmm. after I, I got a handle on that, I kind of steered away from music for a while and got really into being outside, you know, when I moved back from Chicago to Montana, fly fishing and skiing and rock climbing and ice climbing was kind of my thing, you know, on um, my mm. step away from music. I still played, you know, not out though. I just kind of play at the end of the day a little bit. That and that was
0: what one- age that you, you, that you felt like you got to hold of the addiction and then kind of got back into nature.
1: Um, I would say 23 okay. was when I came back to Montana. So, you know, I still kind of played at night and was in, you know, really just listening to, to different stuff than I'd ever listened to before. You know, I used to pretty much only listen to punk rock or hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, getting back into folk music and stuff that I loved really early on in my life. But really, when I went to Nepal was when I started writing stuff that I was like, oh, man, this might be because I didn't have a guitar with me. Hmm. So I was, I was kind of writing things of like in poem format and being like, oh, okay, well, you know, hopefully I'll turn these into songs. And that was pretty much the whole record, uh, the story of you. That's why I put the yantra on the front and all of that. Cause most of those songs were written when I was in Nepal or soon after I got back.
0: So, yeah, in fact, I'm going to put you on the spot or I'm, and I'm just going to read this. I was, you know, I was listening to your music this morning and, and there's so many lyrics that stand out for me. And I want to just for our listeners I want to read the chorus of Grow because to me, this is the epitome. You know, for me, if I had to sum up your music, like this chorus just speaks to my soul. And, and to me, it sums up the type of energy and love that you put into every word that you sing. And it goes like this, and I'm not, I'm not going to sing it, but uh, keep singing my songs, giving thanks and praise, letting it be heard that I'm grateful for these days. There is not a man alive who could make me feel poor. Because what I've got is worth much more. I've got air and water and love and friends that I'm certain were gifted from above. And everything that's new to me is an opportunity. So I'm going to grow, 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 and you can grow too. And for me, that it's inclusive, right? Like you bring me into the song, I can grow too. And me and my son, you know, we we rock out to that song on the way to school almost every single day, uh, as long- Yeah, and and that's probably my favorite of your songs, "Beautiful Days." You know, I'm looking at my playlist on my phone, my 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 sat saying favorites playlist. Do you have a favorite of of your songs, or a favorite lyric, or a favorite you know message? I'm I'm just curious, and it's hard to probably Um, pick.
1: I always come back to "So Far" Mm. uh, as being my favorite song of mine. I need to find that. I don't know if I've got that on my list. It's not not on my playlist. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite one that I've ever written. Just because it's the only song that I've written. I wrote the first half of it in one time period, and the next half you know, a year and a half later, and so much happened in between. So it's a really important story, you know? And what's that song about? I just, I just well, added well, so we had got asked to go on tour with Michael Franti. You know, I had taken this huge gamble where I lost a bunch of money to go play these few shows with Michael Franti in Florida. And what I had told myself was, you know, hopefully he's going to listen to the band and like the band and want to take us on the road. Hmm. Uh, and that's what happened. We played those three shows with him, and then we got to go on tour with him for almost a full year. Oh, wow. And the first verse was written kind of at the beginning of that, of just like, okay, the plan is in place. It's about to happen. Everything's real. You know, let's go get it. We got to work. So I went through this time period where I was just saying yes to every single thing that came across the table. You know, and we worked way too much for about two years, just kind of rode too hard. In the fall of 2017, I had this kind of moderate breakdown um are an agent that had that had sat with me and my family and said that they were lifetime careers and that they were with us had dropped us a band member had quit essentially this whole process it it had just crushed us so i started questioning whether i was going to do it or not i had a son on the way and i took this huge chunk of time off you know way more time off than than was sensible And when we came back, you know, I was really scared because I thought we had lost all this momentum and the agent had dropped us. So we self booked this tour and sold out almost all of the shows on that tour. Wow. Um, And then the second verse was written at the end of that tour. So it was, you know, kind of tells the tale of like the excitement of this come up and like, oh my gosh, what's happening? This is so cool. And then super depressed, almost lost my family because of how much I was working. And then kind of started trying to restore some balance. And then when I came back to to touring and to the music, it was better than ever.
0: Hmm. That's incredible. That's inspiring for me because I I can relate to that kind of going through, you know, achieving this level of success and then kind of finding that you've dug yourself a hole. Right and and now it's impacting you know your health or your family or your relationships or your sanity right
1: all of those all of those <laughs> all of those
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and I'm I'm kind of in the midst of that right now and uh, trying to yeah trying to figure it out so yeah man really really appreciate your you sharing that yeah now, on that note you know most of your songs or your lyrics right if I had to describe or what I've already shared with with just today really positive really uplifting really beautiful soulful songs about you know love and gratitude songs like grow and beautiful days and these but you also do not shy away from seeing about controversial issues like things that you are passionate about the state of the world uh, even in politics like you you know you're there's really uh, yeah, i've heard you you know sometimes i listen to a song like when i first discovered your music i'm like wow this is beautiful love gratitude and i'm like whoa damn all right he's not <laughs> he's not afraid to speak his mind yeah so, So I'd love to hear about that. Like, where you know, in terms of your artistic, is it just like this is what's on my heart? So it's pouring through the paper as I'm writing the lyrics. Is it? Is there an element of uh, I you wanting to use your voice uh, and your music to make an impact for the listener? Is it? Is it both? Is it neither? Like, I'd love to just hear you speak on that. On kind of the balance between writing really uplifting, grateful songs and then also writing songs that are really kind of, you know, Hey, like, you know, that we're being taken advantage of or, or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. You know, both because it is, you know, whatever comes up is kind of what I let come out. Yeah. For me, I see like, Hey, I have this intense gratitude for waking up because my life didn't used to be good. You know, it was pretty sad, yeah. you know, the first three quarters of my life was pretty rough. So once I, kinda, once I got sober and again got outside and kind of like got this lust for life back, and when you lose people on a kind of regular basis as you do when you're an addict, mm. you kind of have this invigorated take on the world around you of just how magic every single moment can be if you're there for it. Yeah. Um, and present, being present is something I struggle with a lot. Um, and in my music and the things that I find a lot of joy in, is typically things that kind of force me to be present. But yeah, I do. I have an immense gratitude for life. But that doesn't take away from, you know, we have to be critical of things when they don't have uh, the humanness of other human beings in mind. And yeah, I see a lot of leadership just in our country of people that don't have characteristics that I would uh, necessarily associate with a leader. It's kind of this pipeline of the same type of person That puts in charge and there's kind of this disengagement and dehumanization of people that don't live where we live or even just live how we live you know and uh i think there's just a responsibility if we're going to talk about oneness in this great magical energy that we're all kind of a part of yeah that we also have to kind of point at people that want to destroy that concept and separate us and divide us and destroy things for gain um, I think we just have a responsibility to talk about that too, because it's a valid part of the conversation.
0: I don't know if you uh, follow India Re on Instagram. I don't, but I love her music. Yeah, I would follow her. She, she recorded a video the other day that really spoke to me. I've been feeling a lot of, uh, a lot of stress uh, over just, and I think, I mean, just knowing you and your music and, and what you just said, I'd imagine that most conscious people are feeling it, which is you know, the state of the world right? The state of, of politics, the state of the planet, all of these things. And she, she shared a video and just said, Hey, I'm, this has been on my heart. And it was kind of a, I've been singing for you know, for decades about, Hey, if we just stand together and, and we unite and you know, we, can, we can shift the planet and this and that. And, and she just started crying and she's like, I don't know anymore if that's true. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if we, right? Like there's too many forces that are beyond our control. And uh, anyway, yeah, I just, based on what you're just saying, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I just, I just kind of read it. It's like, like
1: yeah, it's hard. You know, the one thing that I've always had, you know, and maybe it's just from the the gradual uh, incline of my human experience thus far. I, I just have hope though. And I think something else, and I know you travel all the time, there's kind of this narrative that the South is one way or Texas is one way or, you know, Montana and Wyoming are one way. And really what I find the more I travel is that, you know, for being crammed on this rock flying through space, we actually get along pretty damn well. Yeah. Uh, and that that narrative that's super separating like I have friends that I know don't share the same political beliefs as me. Yeah. But we love our kids, we respect each other, and we go through the world with a with a general sense of how we're walking, you know, and trying not to stomp on everything we walk by. And I think that's the case more across the board than then not. So there's hope for me. I believe, I believe that that it will all come out in the wash. Um, and yeah. it will, even if it's a forceful thing, but I think we'll, I think we'll get back to where we need to get.
0: Good. Good. I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear you say that. And, and and I feel the same way. I have just kind of an unwavering faith that, right. The universe, uh, everything, the yin and the yang, it all balances itself out. Yeah. And usually, you know, whether, right. Uh, I think in the East, they call it the dark soul of the night. I think that's what what do you call it, right? Which is individuals go through that. And I think maybe collectively yeah. as a species, we're going through that right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a thing that doesn't get talked about though, is like, especially in like the field that you're in, I think people wanting to radically self-improve is at an all-time high. Yeah. I think people wanting to be educated on things that don't directly affect them is at an all-time high. It's becoming... Just in the music industry, I see this growing thing of young people that going to festivals and stuff like that, that are like, we don't drink or do drugs when we go to festivals. We're like totally here to have authentic connections with people and enjoy music. You know, it's becoming cool not to drink anymore. It's becoming cool to exercise. It's becoming cool to read again. Like, we're on the right track. And the more people that know is the more people that know, you know?
0: Yeah yeah I, I love i love that i'm so glad i i i, I hesitated that just kind of came up that india re video because it was kind of it's a little bit of a you know depressing kind of, a, yeah. of are we I, 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 to... I
1: totally get how someone would feel like that though and i totally see it as a valid <laughs> as a valid feeling
0: yeah yeah man well i i appreciate your your you shining some some light and some hope back because you're right i mean at the you know at the individual level you know, and the collective because it's the individual and, and the collective goes hand in hand. I think you're absolutely right. More people are waking up. More people are like we are elevating consciousness. Like that's my mission in, in this lifetime is to elevate the consciousness of humanity in any way that I can. And I think you're doing that with your music. And like you said, we travel a lot. We see a lot of people, and you see that. Wow, there are the, the majority, uh, or you not know, the majority, but more and more and more people are waking up. And that is a beautiful thing. You mentioned your kids. Now, do you have, is it just the one son or do you have more than one? No.
1: So I have three stepkids that I've been with for 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and, you know, they're my kids. And so we have Chloe, who is 13, Colden is 15, Caden is 19, and then the baby Malachi is 21 months.
0: Oh, beautiful. That's what I'm looking at, I think, on Instagram right here. What a, Gorgeous blonde
1: yeah, boy a with cutie, a man. huge smile and blue eyes. Wow! Yeah, he is a cutie, man. He's a uh, full personality. Actually, right before we started the podcast, this kind of uh, magical thing happened. He is a total mama's boy. But during this holiday season, I've actually been spending a whole bunch of time with him because Summer has been, his, uh, has been tending to some family stuff. And uh, this morning, he reached from his mom's arms to come to me. Uh, and when we, when we woke him up, we went to the crib and he reached for me, not mom. And I can you know, <laughs> those are huge dad moments, man. Huge moments. Dad, <laughs> my wife, like, is this real right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. Yeah, that's so
1: amazing. I'm having a Good morning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, you know, I, uh, similar to you, right? You're, you're on the road. You're like, I love Macklemore's line. He's like, uh, you know, he's when he had his first child, he did that song. I think it was growing up or something like that. And he said, uh, I've got a world to sing to, and you at the same time. Truth, right? Yeah. And, and I so resonated with that line because I'm like, man, I've got a world to inspire, and you guys at the same time, and how and like reconciling that and balancing that, and uh, and but, I'll just bear with you. For me, if if you know if, if this if this is any of any value to you, but I had a real breakthrough. Um, you know, I had cancer a few years ago, and that's led to a lot of breakthroughs, and I'm still kind of dealing with that and going through chemo and such. But oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. The realization recently, um, though, was that I had been believing a lie or telling myself a lie and believing it that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on this planet to change the world and to impact millions of lives. And I had somehow placed a higher value on that than the impact I was, I'd make with my family, right? Oh, bro and
1: yeah, you're speaking my language. You get it,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a whole, I got a world to sing to in you at the same time. And, and then it just, it recently, it was this radical paradigm shift. It was in a meditation in a, you know, divinity God, higher consciousness moment where it's like, there's more value in the impact that you make for those three people at home than in the million people that you make. Right. The, and, and if you think about the relatively shallow impact, I might change their life, right, but, uh, but it can't come close to the impact that I'm making at home. And so that for me was, I decided I'm kind of taking this year off. Like I'm still speaking, I'm still doing some stuff, but cut way back on all of that to really like go hardcore radically into like, dude, I am here. My kids are only around for so many more years before they're moving out probably. Right. Yeah. And uh, the world will be waiting. You know what I mean? The world will be waiting. So
1: I relate to that so, so much. You know, I just said no to a Uh, We had a a fairly big opportunity come on the table, but it would have just made me away from home for almost three months. Yeah. And I said no to it. And yeah, similarly, we just lost my mother-in-law. While she was on hospice, she was surrounded by so many people at her house. You know, every day was like a party over there of people wanting to see her. And it kind of hit me this, like, this is success. This is what success means. If this is what your last little chunk of time looks like, if you're surrounded by this many people that genuinely love you, you know, they want to sit by your side, that's magic. But I turned down this opportunity because I was just thinking that same thing. You know, my son is only going to be this age once. Yep. And that, yeah, that being present for that is it's just more important than playing more shows. You know, we're always going to play shows. There's always going to be another show, lots of them you know, and that if I'm going to do this forever, that I have to kind of do it my way and that I can't, I can't just fully disregard my people anymore because it's just not healthy for anybody, you know, me included.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my distinctions around that was like every day that I'm on the road inspiring an audience, I'm not at home inspiring my kids, right? Yep. So Yeah.
1: But it's a catch 22 too, because I think there's like this weird, you know, for me, I've always had this. I take it as a great responsibility, you know, that people are listening now and we're not even close, you know, is what I see in my future is so big, but even where we're at right now, you know, two to four or 500 people, if we're lucky, you know, and more in the, in the summer, but I see it as a great responsibility because I think it's so rare that God chooses people to, uh, to speak and and to have a platform to say something. And so I think it's a great honor. And i you know, I'm kind of the guy that I can barely let someone work on my damn car because I'm like, oh, I might be able to just do it better. Um, <laughs> so think, being, being that I have actually suck at working on cars. But, you know, I think just having the blessing of getting to be one of the chosen people that, that has some sort of skill set or whatever to change people's lives, I, you know, it's a hard thing because it's that's magic, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is, and that's why I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a not an all or nothing, but but a balance, and I think that you've probably been there, right, where you're like you get so into the career that you go like too far. Right. Yeah. And, always. Pulling back and being like, all right, instead of, you know, like for me, it was instead of speaking four times a month, I'm going to max it out at two. Right. So it's not that I won't mm-hmm. go influence people, but I'm going I'm to be at home more often. So
1: yeah, for yeah. me, it was what kind of made me nuts was the just perpetual being gone. And now, I, yeah, I kind of have a rule now that tours have to be right around three weeks. And then I, I have to have the equal amount of time at home before I can leave again. And then I've been taking the entire winters off. So I take pretty much Thanksgiving to, you know, the end of March off every year.
0: Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. What are some of your other passions? I know that you are into your combat sports athlete into mixed martial arts. That was a huge, you know, I, I'm a fan, so uh, yeah. I, I don't get in, I don't get in the, uh, in the cage, but uh, how, how'd you get into that? How'd, well, I guess I to ask you two questions. How'd you get into that? And are you, are you looking forward to the Connor cowboy fight this weekend?
1: <laughs> yes. I, you know, I got into, I grew up wrestling. Okay. And I kind of said forever, you know, there is an MMA gym that's very, very well known here called the Grindhouse. And I always knew I wanted to train there, you know, but when I kind of freaked out in the fall of, of 2017, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go in there and start boxing again. Mm. You know, I want to I get proficient in it again. And, you know, about my second day hanging out there. I was watching everyone grapple and the owner, Will Grunhauser was like, you know, just roll with me, man. Just try to roll with me. You know, you grew up wrestling. There's got to be some carryover. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I wrestled forever. I'll probably be all right at this. No, I wasn't all right at it at all. (laughs) I was was absolutely manhandled and I had no idea what was going on. And kind of how my brain works is I immediately was like, oh my God, I must learn this, you know? Yeah. Um. So I just got kind of got obsessed with jujitsu, and then was still boxing a little bit every time I went in, and it just did something to me, man. It opened up uh, this huge chunk of my heart that I was missing. I didn't know how much I needed it until I started doing it.
0: Can you expand on that? What? Uh, what? It, how did it open up a chunk of your heart? What do you mean by that? Because i uh, cause when listening. It's like wait. So fighting opened up your heart, like, you know, yeah.
1: man. And I know it sounds weird, especially to a lot of our fans. Yeah. Uh, so there's something. A, I always call this consciousness at gunpoint. I think it's the same thing that draws people to rock climbing, you know, or intense skiing or ice climbing or any of those activities is there's this level of presence that has to occur for it to mm-hmm. go successfully. Yeah. And if you're like me, where you're a really scatterbrained person, yeah, you know, mindfulness has to come with some consequence of like, like well, if you know, if you're not present, then there there will be a consequence for your lack of mindfulness. And... I think that's a part of it is that I really, really like the focus that I have when I'm doing it. There's nothing else in my mind except what I'm doing. And then also, I think there's a really primal thing that's fed in combat that's in our DNA that has just kind of been forgotten about. It's the same reason why, you know, people that have no interest in any sort of violence whatsoever still love to watch fights.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I'm anti violence, but I'm like, yeah. yeah yeah there's What's like, a
1: game you know it's just a game and yeah. everyone here is consenting to the game and wants to play it and it's really fun you know and for me too i think there's this level of you know that my journey with martial arts is mine it's not my wife's it's not my kids it's not any of my fans it's not my managers my agents my bandmates it's just mine you know
0: mm-hmm. just you and, and your opponent yeah
1: yeah and and a lot of times the opponent is myself is just you know can i do better last longer than i did the day before And I think the fact that it's, it's really become my spiritual practice. It's, I figure a lot out about myself when I do it and how I handle discomfort and, you know, how I can come back from an injury. And, but a lot of it is, like I said, so much of it is that it's just mine, you know, that it's just mine and the grindhouse and and Will, Will has become one of my best friends. And I definitely think it was fate, you know, that I went in there and that place has just had the impact on me that it has, you know, and some of my coolest friendships are from that place. So there's also a kind of a sense of community when you train, you know, and I can go anywhere in the country and be welcomed by, you know, different people in that, that fighting community.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Well, what, what's next for you? I, go, I know you guys are going on tour. What, how can people make it out to your tour? Where are you guys touring? Uh, I'd love to, to understand. Yeah. So
1: satsungmovement.com has all of the tour dates listed. We're getting ready to announce it at the second half of the tour next Monday. But the shows we have announced now, we play in Denver at the end of February. But then when we start the tour, we're doing all over the Pacific Northwest, uh the West Coast. So we'll hit like the Bay, uh LA, San Diego, and then Colorado. And then in April and May, we'll hit uh the Midwest and East Coast. So all the tour dates by next Monday will be announced. Um, and
0: am saying movement.com. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then where can people listen to the music? Cause obviously, you know, I, I don't want anybody to have to wait until they see you in concert to, to start getting, uh, getting your, your brilliance, your, your soulful lyrics into their soul. Okay.
1: Anywhere you can listen to music, Spotify, youtube amazon google play itunes all that stuff
0: everywhere yeah i get it on itunes and i just saw you guys spotify 6.6 million streams on spotify and 3 million just for your song i am congrats on that man
1: yeah, yeah last year pretty crazy
0: yeah that's incredible
1: man you're, you're making a huge difference well any last thoughts before we wrap up no man i appreciate what you're doing and it's good for me to hear that i'm not the only person that struggles with trying to find that balance of travel work and family you know
0: yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, man, I, uh, Drew, I'm, I'm so grateful for you again, your music, keep doing what you're doing. It's making a huge difference in my life. And, uh, I, I can only imagine countless others. And I hope that every person on, uh, listening to this today, uh, is, is tuning into satsang on, uh, wherever you listen to your music. So Drew, man, I look forward to uh, meeting you in person at some point and, uh, yeah, make, uh, rolling on the mat with you at some point.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, talk to you, man. Take care. All right, Goal Achievers, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And uh, that was Drew McManus, uh, the lead singer of my one of my favorites, if not my favorite band, Sat Sang S-A-T-S-A-N-G. And again, you can get the tour dates at satsangmovement.com and listen to their music wherever music is played. I love you guys and gals. Thank you so much for listening today. And I will talk to you all next week.